0: Baseball is one of those wonderful gifts of life that many can't see because of a modern squint. There's a lot of squinting going on. Don't miss out on the wonderful gift. In the bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. I fly ball into right field. She is gone. The words that I opened with were from an article written by Douglas Jones over 20 years ago that was titled Reading Baseball. And I quoted extensively from that article all the way back in episode number two of In the Bullpen, back in March of 2020. And I was reminded of that episode and of Douglas Jones' article because of much of what I read and heard and saw this past week. It reminded me both of that episode and of his article. And I went back and listened to part of that episode, episode two, and I listened to what I read at the end of that episode. And what I read was the final paragraph of Douglas Jones' article. And here's what I read. I want to read the last paragraph of Douglas Jones' article, Reading Baseball. He writes this, No other team sport plays so dramatically with silence and stillness, explosiveness and bullet speeds, rhythm and rest. Each game of baseball is an epic novel, full of failure, tension, rest, build, crescendo, heartbreak, and triumph. To play is a delight not to be missed, but to be able to absorb all the parts of the story, especially over radio, is one of the reasons we were put on earth. Now, that's a great paragraph. And after I read that, I followed up by saying that it demands we unpack it. And then, but that's a conversation for another day. Well, today... I hope to do some unpacking of that final paragraph by Douglas Jones. And what started me down this road was a podcast that I listened to last week. I have often encouraged you to listen to the Black Diamonds podcast, which is hosted by Bob Kendrick. And Bob Kendrick is the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City, Missouri. Today, I want to strongly admonish you. I want to encourage you. I want to exhort you. I almost want to demand that you listen to episode 48, which was dropped on August 9th of the Black Diamonds podcast. The title of it is, Thanks a Million Buck. You need to listen to it. It's about an hour long. If you say, I just don't have time, I would even say this. Stop listening to this podcast, me right now, and go listen to that one. It was outstanding, and it was recorded the evening before Buck O'Neill was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Bob Kendrick hosted it. He was joined by a number of guests, including Joe Posnanski, who wrote the book Soul of the Game, which I've talked about before on this podcast. Lee Smith was there, Bob Costas, and many others, and they were fundamentally discussing the life of Buck O'Neill and the contributions he made, not only to baseball, but to life. And all that I've read, all that I've heard, what I've heard from Buck O'Neill himself when he was alive, this man exhibited an attitude and lived a life that exemplified Christ-likeness in so many ways. And so it's a great podcast to listen to. And it's not just about Buck O'Neill. It's about Negro baseball, the Negro Leagues. It's about baseball. It's about life. And one of the gems from this podcast is not about Buck directly. Somewhat it's about the Negro Leagues, but more than that, it's about baseball. And it's a gem that comes courtesy of Bob Costas. Amen to that. And I believe that there are too many accountants, too many accountants that have been trying, whether it's intentional or not, but they've been trying to eclipse the storyteller. And that's not true only about accountants, if you will, in the game, but those of us who are fans of it. We all need to stop squinting. And we need to behold the beauty of the game and the stories throughout it and around it, past and present. I've mentioned again and again, but I'm going to mention it yet again, how much I love the Hall of Fame's motto, preserving history, honoring excellence, connecting generations. And no doubt, numbers are a part of that, accounting. Stats have always been a part of the fabric of the story of baseball. And the more advanced stats that we have today can be a part of that fabric, But if they trump, if they block out, if they distract us from the storytelling of the game, we're in trouble. Now, those words by Bob Costas reminded me of the words of another man that I think spoke these words in the 70s, in the 80s at the latest. And it was part of a comedy routine. And it was done by George Carlin. Now, let me say this up front. If you are older and you hear that name, you might say, I have to get my children to stop listening to this podcast. Well, there's no need for that. The portion I'm playing, and if I recall correctly, the entirety of this skit is very family friendly. And the idea that Carlin brought to this skit was comparing baseball and football. And here's how that routine began.
1: Well, I'd like to do something called baseball and football. And it uh thank you. That's nice. Because these two things are such a part of our lives, these two activities, and yet they're so different. Baseball is pastoral, 19th century. Football is technological, 20th century.
0: So that's the beginning, and then he goes on to contrast baseball and football. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with technology. Tolkien might disagree with me, but nonetheless, or even the 20th century. But... When the technological surpasses the pastoral, when baseball is more about accounting than storytelling, it becomes a less significant part of our lives, I believe, not a more significant part of our lives. Anytime it's more accounting than storytelling, we ought to say, hold up a second. We're engaged in a lot more squinting And we're not as able to see the goodness, truth, and beauty of the game. Now, speaking about accounting, again, stats have always been a very important part, part of the fabric of the storytelling. Well, there are some impressive accounting numbers, if you will, going on with this man. But the story is far greater. And the first pitch... Albert launches one, deep left center, it's at the wall, gone! 6 he passes Stan the Man in total bases, a historic blast from you know, a lot of people are thinking he needs next year to get to 700. He may only need only September to get to 700. He got the standing O before he even swung the bat first pitch. He does it. Man, that ball, that's a deep part of the ballpark, too. His first home run was at this ballpark at number 691. Back in Arizona. 3-2 pitch. Albert again! Left center! it. He's amazing! Remarkable! Incredible! Is this real? 692 home runs for the great Albert Pujols, eight now away from 700. So he hit those two home runs in a game Saturday at Arizona against the Diamondbacks. When this season began, I wanted Albert Pujols to reach 700. He has said that it is his final season. But I truly didn't think it was very likely. I knew it was possible, but I didn't think it was likely. Now, having only eight more to go to reach 700, I think he's going to make it. And I hope he makes it. And his pursuit of 700, that's a number. That's a stat. Becoming one of only four players ever to hit 700 or more home runs in their career in Major League Baseball is numerically oriented. But the story is something that should excite any and every baseball fan. Also in that game on Saturday, Albert Pujols surpassed Stan Musial for the most career total bases. And so now Albert moves into the number two slot all-time, behind only Henry Aaron. Also that game on Saturday was the third multi-home run game of the season for Pujols. That's the most ever by any player 42 years of age or older. Barry Bonds hit two in 2007, and so did Carlton Fisk in 1991. And then there's the story that's bigger than even Pujols, though it involves him and the Cardinals. And that's the story that this may be the final season for three guys. Two are, well, Pujols is a surefire, no doubt, no debate Hall of Famer. I think Yadier Molina also is, and I think the argument can be made, and it's a good one from Adam Wainwright, or for Adam Wainwright. But it may be the final season for three Cardinal legends, maybe all three go into the Hall of Fame. And the question is, can these three go out as World Series champions as the Cardinals pursue that this year? That's a great story to follow. And again, you don't have to be a Cardinals fan, and you might even root against them if your team is in the postseason. But if it all ends up that the Cardinals win and these three men say, we're done, that's a great story. Now there's another story going on involving the Cardinals. Before the trade deadline, the Cardinals trailed the Brewers in the National League Central by three games. This morning, they lead the Brewers in the National League Central by five games. And the Brewers' story is also an interesting one. They came out of the break very hot, playing very good baseball, and then they traded their closer Josh Hader to the Padres. And that shocked everybody in the baseball world, but I don't think Anybody or any group of people more than those who put on a uniform in the clubhouse for the Brewers, and since that trade, the Brewers have struggled. As I mentioned, they went from being three games ahead of the Cardinals to five games behind them. They have gone seven and twelve since the trader the trade of Josh Hader, and have had a, a number of late inning kinds of issues. And not only are they behind the Cardinals now by five. They're not currently one of the top three teams in the wildcard race. They're a a game and a half out. And on the other hand, Josh Hader has gone to the Padres and has struggled. They announced over the weekend that they're going to give him a little reprieve from being the closer to try to get him back on track. In both cases, the Brewers and Josh Hader and what has gone on since he's been to the Padres, you can look at the numbers and say, this isn't good. But there's a lot more, I believe, a lot more to the story, both for the Brewers and their struggles and for Josh Hader and his struggles than the numbers alone tell us. Now, the Brewers aren't the only team that is contending to make the postseason that has been struggling of late. The New York Yankees have had a poor, some might say a terrible August. But unlike the Brewers, they still lead their division. They still lead the AL East. And though they beat Toronto yesterday, 4-2, to two, it was only their third win in their past 12 games. And they were defeated by the Blue Jays on Saturday. And after the game, a man who is normally calmer and more mild-mannered, Aaron Boone, the manager of the Yankees, got a bit feisty in his post-game press conference.
1: Got ahead today and, and had chances You know, look up, we got seven or eight hits and one run, it's one to nothing, they got no hits, and it's like, you know, we had chances to grab that game, take that game, didn't. And that's where we are right now, and you got to find a way when it's really difficult, and it's really difficult right now. I mean, we can ask all these questions in regards. We've answered them until we're blue in the face. We got to go out and do it. I got to quit answering these questions about this state and this perplexion and, we got to play better period we and the and the great thing is it's right in front of us it's right here and we can fix it it's right here it's there and we can we can run away with this thing and we got the dudes in there to do it we got to do it
0: so Aaron Boone was fired up you heard him there. I don't. If you haven't seen the video, you may not have known what happened. He slammed his hand down on the table, moved the microphone and everything. It was almost like he was a preacher that was getting after it. And there's a lot to what he said. And as I listen to what he said, and as I read between the lines, if you will, or between the words he spoke, I think there's a lot more to what he said. There's more than meets the eye, if you will. And that reminded me of an article that I read maybe a day or so before seeing that video of the press conference on MLB trade rumors. And it was an article that, in part, dealt with Joe Madden and quoted him in some very salient points as it regards the very conversation we're having right now. And as it starts out, it talks about the fact that he, that'd be Joe Madden, wants to return to baseball but it says that if he does so, he would only be interested in a managerial or advisory job with a team that had a, quote, strong balance between the old and the new. And that referring to the approaches to the game. That Madden didn't want to join an organization that was too tilted in the favor of analytics. And he and, and Madden goes on and he says, you know what? Things need to improve in this game. And it's not the... It, it's it's the non-sexy stuff that has to get better. It's not just the bright, shiny objects that have that. They need to have a better infrastructure. And they need to do so in order to get where we had been in the past. I think what Joe Madden is saying is there's too much accounting and not enough storytelling. Or too much accounting that is getting in the way of storytelling. And And he wouldn't say it that way, but... When he says some other things, you see that that there are problems that he has, and I think he's putting the finger on some problems. They went on to quote him. He said, It's at the point where some GM should really just put a uniform on and go down to the dugout, or their main analytical membrane. He should go down to the dugout. And what happens is when the performance isn't what they think it should be, it's never about the accusational process. It's always about the inability of coaches and managers to get the best out of a player. And that's where there's a tremendous disconnect. Or as he said it, that's where this tremendous disconnect is formed. Now, I don't think Joe Madden is trying to run from responsibility. He understands the responsibility of a manager. And Joe Madden is definitely not anti-data and analytics, but he's seeing an imbalance. And he's seeing it and it's causing him concerns about the direction of Major League Baseball. And again, back in episode two, I had at least one quote from Joe Maddon three years ago or two and a half years ago in which he was saying the same thing. Also back in episode two, March 2020, I quoted Goose Gossage. He said, I don't even recognize this game they're playing. I really don't. They're trying to control something that is uncontrollable. I'll insert here. That's what happens when you think accounting has actually got the ability to change the story. Again, Gossage said they're trying to control something that is uncontrollable. And they're taking all the beauty out of the game. And then he said, we'll see if it lasts and survives the test of time like the old game did. Now, is Goose Gossage just a grumpy old man yelling and screaming, get off my lawn? I don't think so. I think at the very least, he intuitively recognizes the danger of accountants eclipping or excuse me, eclipsing the storyteller. And now, as we think about accountants and storyteller, uh, this past week, uh, I heard of an accountant of sorts becoming the lead character in a wonderful story. A banker in Omaha, Nebraska became a major league pitcher, in New York City and the curveball got him looking side retire first big league strikeout for Nate Fisher as he finishes off three scoreless innings in his big league debut Nate Fisher debuting for the New York Mets yesterday in Philadelphia through three shutout innings of relief which helped the Mets beat the Phillies just over a year ago he was out of baseball He was working at a local bank in Omaha, Nebraska. And so in just over a year, Nate Fisher went from crunching numbers at a bank to retiring batters at Citizens Bank Ballpark. Jeff uh, Passon tweeted out about him, Baseball always has great stories, and Fisher's ascent from bank to bullpen qualifies. No doubt it does. It's part of the epic novel we know as the history of baseball. Absorbing all the parts of the story, recognizing baseball as one of those wonderful gifts of life that King Jesus has granted us is one of the reasons we were put on earth. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for listening.